From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Welcome to the Snakes Cast, everyone, and welcome to our Halloween Spectacular. I'm Jonathan Moriarty. With me are my spooky friends, Maddie McLean. Boo. And Thomas Burton. Rawr. And we're going to talk about what is, for vast majority of game players out there, the most terrifying thing that any game can offer. Not zombies, not werewolves, not vampires, but having to get up in front of your friends and sing or act or draw pictures. <laughs> a lot of people, they play games. They want something that's relaxing, not stressful. But uh, for, many, for many people, party games are a good sort of way in. There's not a lot of thinking or strategy involved there. But that lurking terror of stage fright, uh, again, especially in party games, can really put you on the spot. And when you have to be creative, just on your feet, just get up and do something. Acting in charades, writing and making stuff up in balderdash, drawing in Pictionary or Telestrations. Uh, for some people, this is the best kind of game ever, but for others, it's horrifying. It's paralyzing that fear of having to be creative and having to make something up on the spot. Guys, do you ever get stage fright in games? As someone who frequently relies on creativity for... Well, yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're a professional actor, right? Yes. So it's, I can't imagine it would be a big deal for you. Uh, but it, it still actually affects, I think it affects everyone because, you know, there's something very scary about, you know, showing yourself to people and having people think that you're going to be stupid. But, <laughs> you know, no one wants to look anything other than awesome and amazing. That's true. Even though we all look awesome and amazing at the <laughs> point. There's always this preconceived notion that if I get up there and do something foolish, I will be perceived as less than what I want to be. Mm. Thomas, do you ever uh, get any stage fright in these sorts of games? Uh, kind of, but when I was 13 years old, I kind of worked myself into the social niche where um, I was the guy who was kind of weird and goofy, and <laughs> people laughed at that, and I was fine with that. So I don't really, like, I, I guess I get nervous and stuff, but just... I just push past it. At least if it's in practice, too. I mean, it's once you build that up as your identity, as the guy, yeah. the, as, as the clown. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you make fun of a clown? What are you going to do? Are you going to tell him he's got floppy shoes and a big red nose? It's, it's, that, that's one way to sort of deal with it, is build up that identity, I suppose. Um, have, you ever had, have you ever played a game with somebody and they just, they just could not get up and do whatever it was? They couldn't do the charades thing? They couldn't come up with anything to write in Balderdash? Oh, absolutely. Uh, as someone who I remember, I had a partner, and they would always give me just like, "Oh, I don't want, I don't want to get up and do this." So I was just like, "You're you're a terrible guesser, so maybe you'll be a better actor." <laughs> and they w weren't. Oh, that's so, unfortunate. But you know, that's well, still, it's, as long as everybody has fun, that's the thing. I mean, especially with party games, it's not about being the best at it. Mm -hmm. um, I I've got a bit of a block about this as well, uh, singing. The, yeah, the, singing stuff. The idea of doing karaoke is quite possibly the most terrifying thought I have ever had. I think I'd rather do a job interview than go to karaoke. But uh, so any game that involves singing it would be you know that, that that category in Cranium where you have to do the star performer thing is something that would just that would that would paralyze me. So there there are other kinds of games where this can happen too, like in trivia games. People would be afraid to, uh, to to give the wrong answer in front of their friends, and you need to look dumb there. Do you think that's as severe there as it is with more performance-oriented things, where they have to do art or acting or something? 
I, I don't think so as much, mainly because in a trivia game that it's fleeting, right? Like, you get asked the question, you don't know the answer, and then it's the next person's turn. Whereas, you know, in a game like um, Cranium, if you're asked to, like, go up and act something, you're there for, like, 30 seconds. And <laughs> if you don't want to be there, that's a long time. Um, I, I think maybe uh, you have to put more of yourself into it, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to perform, if you're going to do charades, that's there's more of you there than being asked a question saying, uh, North Dakota? It's, it's, it does, there's less of you in it, and therefore, I guess the, the, the fear of rejection is less strong, because they're not really rejecting you. They, they might point and laugh at you for not knowing the obvious answer to a question, but it's, it's not necessarily a direct swipe against who you are. It's just something you do or don't know. Mm -hmm. So um, let's, let's actually go for the worst-case scenario, the nightmare scenario, where somebody is getting up on stage, as it were, to do a charades thing or a Pictionary thing, and they're really trying their best, and they're just terrible. Uh, they're, just, they're, they're just not very good at it. When you see somebody in that condition, does that make you feel more inclined to feel sympathetic towards them, or more inclined to feel like they're you know, stupid or a bad person you don't like? Well, in that situation, I think you can't help but feel anything but, you know, a sense of compassion and empathy. Just being like, you know what, dude, you're do you're you're floundering, but you know, good for you. <laughs> this is this is just awesome. Because I, th I think the ones you remember, you never remember the person who got up there and got everything right, unless it's really hilarious or offensive. <laughs> uh, but you always remember the person who got up there and just tried so hard, and everyone was just having so much fun because they were trying so hard. And it, yeah, like they kept doing the same action over and over. <laughs> Nobody could get it. It's. Uh, I used to work at, at a summer camp, mm -hmm. and we would go on canoe trips. And when a canoe trip went bad, when uh, the canoe tipped over or it rained the whole time, mm. what you say is, you're going to have a really good story. <laughs> and that's true. You remember the ones where things go terrible, and it's the same with these sorts of games. Like Maddie said, the stories you tell are from when, yeah, somebody was just making a complete fool of themselves, <laughs> or they were trying to hum Strawberry Fields Forever, and it just... <laughs> didn't sound like anything. It sounded like the Mr. Clean jingle. Um, but I just have to say, like, some of my favorite memories of snakes are all of us playing together and, like, someone going up and just saying something completely random and off-topic, like, Jag? And it's just... The, the funniest things happen, and whenever they do happen, you remember them, but it also creates, like, a bond. Yeah, it's true. You it's and true. the person. This, especially if everybody there is equally willing to just go for it. Yeah. To go big and go silly. It's, uh, with, with, with party games especially, I mean, in, in, in something like a heavy strategy game, uh, achievement is really kind of what you're going for. And you'll remember when somebody put up a really good fight. With party games, though, it's different. It's about creating memories. It's about those moments where people did something truly bizarre. And, uh, and that's, that's where the entertainment comes from. So, I mean, I, honestly, I, we, we do see people at Snakes and Lattes who really do go all out on occasion. And... I've never had so much as a meme thought about somebody doing this, and I can't imagine any of you guys would. Or... Unless they're blocking the aisle when I'm carrying <laughs> Fair enough. That's one thing, but that's, that, that's a logistical thing, though, not a sort of a moral thing. And my guess is that the people who are playing with them also uh, th thought good things about them. There was, did you guys see that TED Talk with uh, that lady Brene Brown who was talking about vulnerability? 
No, actually. You, you should uh, use, use those of you listening at home. Uh, Google TED Talk vulnerability. And uh, this, this one talks about how if you want to ever feel loved and accepted, you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable. Because otherwise, you know, you're not actually putting yourself out there. You cannot feel safe unless, unless you do this. And, and, and this is something I think that, that shows up in many areas of life. Party games being one of the biggest. That's where the fun comes from. Yeah, the uh, the best game I can think of as an example for that is Telestrations. Right. When I recommend Telestrations to people, I say it's Pictionary meets Broken Telephone, and right. they go, "Oh, we can't draw." Awesome. That's perfect. That's exactly <laughs> what you want because everybody gets their own little plastic booklet, and uh, you get your word, you get your card, and you write down that word on page one, and you draw a picture of it on page two. You pass your booklet to the person on your left, and they look at this chicken scratch drawing. They have no idea what it is. But they try to guess anyway. They flip to page three, they write their guess on it, and then pass that to the next person who tries to draw a picture of that on page four. And by the time it comes back around to you, just play this show and tell game where you started with something and it goes through all these ridiculous drawings and you wind up with something totally unrelated. And it's hilarious because people have failed spectacularly. I think my most boring game of party game ever was I got a group of friends together and we all played illustrations. And the issue was we all could draw. <laughs> so I remember I started out with finish line and I came back and it was still finish line. I was oh. like, this is the lamest game ever. <laughs> People weren't failing. People weren't flailing. It's, it, yeah, that's the thing. That if, if, if it's not scary, if there's not that fear of messing up, it doesn't have that tension, that excitement. So obviously there is, we, we try our best to make an accepting environment at Snakes. And, uh, and, and, and in truth, People who are playing games there have nothing to fear, certainly not from any of us. We encourage people to be crazy and to be silly and to make fools of themselves and to have fun with it, and we never make fun of them for that. So the thing is, though, just saying that isn't necessarily going to make people stop getting stage fright. So as game gurus, how do you help people who suffer from this? How do you help them to sort of cut loose and enjoy one of the best things you can do is start by either taking the first turn, or, yeah, you know, definitely. demonstrating certain elements of how silly the game can be. Like uh, I always do that with moods. You guys play moods? I haven't. No, actually. Also no. That's the one where uh, there's there's ten moods on the board, like you know, cranky, uh, exotic, uh, beneficent, joyful, uh, tired. You know, there's ten moods there, and you have to pull. A, you, have, you randomly get a mood, which you know what it is. Nobody else knows. You draw a card, and you have to say it. And on this card there'll be something, a phrase like, I will always love you, or waiter, there's a fly in my soup. And you have to say it in that mood. And everybody else has to try and guess what mood you were in, and if they guess right, you get points, and so do they. The thing is, in order for anybody to have a chance, you have to go big. So the first thing that I'll do, and that is I'll do a sample turn. So, there's a fly in my soup. You know, just really exaggerate the hell out of it, uh, complete with gestures and everything and get people into the idea that this, this is all part of it. Yeah, the game for that I pitched that way is uh, Snake Oil. Right. Yeah, it's one where um, all the players are snake oil salesmen. <laughs> they're, they're shysters. Um, and they've got cards that they combine to kind of make a ridiculous product to sell to some sort of customer. Um, the thing about the game is that if people aren't putting themselves out there and aren't being creative, mm. there's no game. Like, it, there's just nothing there. You have to push yeah. that crazy snake oil salesman thing. I got exactly what you need right here. Yeah, exactly. Check this so, out. Check it out. Step right up. So I take the first turn to kind of show, well, how is this going to work? And 
this is the kind of energy you need to put into it to kind of make this game work. Nice. And that game just gets better the more you play it. It's yeah. true. It's because people f tend to loosen up mm -hmm. as it goes along. They sort of get the idea and they, they sort of warm to it. So, all right. Tough question, though. If you love this kind of game and you really enjoy it and you've got somebody in your group who you just can't seem to bring around, who they, they, they still feel really nervous, they're still scared, is it better to let it go and play something else or should you try to goad them into playing it anyway? I mean, you gotta, you, you've gotta sort of feel it out. I think, you know, try to make them feel comfortable, do a bit of goading, but, you know, some people just really, really aren't going to want to do it. And at a certain point, you've gotta kind of respect that. Um, I think, it, I think it's also a case of extroverted versus in, introverted a little bit. Because like, I have a friend who's extremely introverted, and I love playing games with him, but at the same time, there's always that, that balance of, is it all for fun or is it fun for all? Yeah. Mm. All right, well, we hope you've enjoyed this uh, little look into the terror of stage fright. We hope you will try something frightening and outside your comfort zone at Snakes and Lattes the next time you come and visit us. Until then, I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Maddie McLean and Thomas Burton. Game on. Thanks for listening. Snakes and Lattes offers a unique service for your next party. Snakes on the go, board game catering. Your own personal game guru and an assortment of our hottest games right in your living room or boardroom. Birthdays, anniversaries, corporate team building, everything is more fun with board games. Visit snakesandlattes.com SOTG for more details or to book your event today. Until next time, I'm P.T. Douglas. Game on.